0: Welcome to Episode 80, that's 8-0, of the Balancing Act Podcast. I'm Dan Strafford. Today, we're kicking off our newest mini-series on constructive feedback and challenging conversations. In this series, we're going to explore the importance of both giving and receiving feedback that's designed to build individuals up and not tear them down. At today's introductory conversation, we'll be inviting experts from the coaching and leadership development field to help us and you understand more about the skills and techniques needed to get this right, Andy. Looking forward to this conversation as always, but do want to check in. How you been? What's new in your world?
1: Yeah, uh, doing doing great. It's the it's the middle of winter here in Wisconsin, and we've got a few inches of snow on the ground. I was awoken uh, last night. Uh, by a pack of coyotes that were right outside the window. So if I'm a little bleary today, uh, man, if you've never heard a pack of coyotes screaming and yelling um, for like 20 minutes straight, it's uh, it it can it can really grate at you,
0: right? Especially being woken up that way. Uh, right. That that is a very specific heart palpitation. I don't know, don't yeah. know. I think I really we have coyotes in our up in Massachusetts. We also have snow on the ground. Uh, we've had coyotes in our neighborhood. Um, so you get a lot of the next door, I don't know if you know the website next door posts of coyote on the loose, be, you know, small animals beware. (sighs) Exactly. So, but, uh, good to hear. I hope you uh, get some much needed rest later today, I suppose. Uh, but, uh, this is a, this is a conversation for us on challenging conversations, uh, that I am very ready for and very, uh, Intrigued by where the conversation leads throughout these next few episodes, as you talk to uh, leaders in the uh, developmental field, leadership development field, I think if we dive in and and discuss why why is the ability to have challenging conversations so important to organizations and to organizational health?
1: Yeah, look, we you know we all want to work in organizations where. Uh, Everybody's getting along, and there's smooth flow Uh, throughout the business. Everybody knows what everybody else is doing. Uh, But then, you know, human nature uh, gets in the way. Uh, We hide things. uh, We're embarrassed to... Uh, bring something forward, uh, and you know, and all of a sudden we're wading through the mud of uh, obfuscation, right? And 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 we don't have the kind of transparency that's necessary to build both trust and accountability. Uh, In in the organization, you know, if everybody's walking around on eggshells and the water cooler is driving communication uh, and it becomes a he said, she said, they said fingers being pointed all over the place. uh, You know, how are we supposed to produce great results for our customers when we can't uh, when we can't really talk to each other?
0: Uh, heard. And uh, I think as we discuss further here, I will admit to my own issues with uh, challenging conversations. But uh, let's be wholly specific here, right? Let's dive into defining what we're talking about. And if you could, what is constructive feedback?
1: So um, the, there's this saying that feedback is a gift. Uh, and, and I and I agree that feedback uh, is a gift uh, Our son Nick and I write music and we and we advertise it on uh, you know Spotify playlist uh, 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 platforms that place your song on playlists and you get uh, feedback from these playlisters and some of them you know, say some things that are uh, <laughs> n- you know not so great to hear. <laughs> yep. Uh, like, oh, that that singer's voice just kind of grated on me a little bit, and that singer is me. <laughs> right. um, now, you know that that's great feedback to have, uh, and really appreciative of it. But you know, feedback as a gift, it needs to be wrapped in packaging that makes us uh, want to accept it more so if feedback is wrapped in packaging that pushes you away and uh, and and makes the 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 information less palatable to receive uh, that that's really a, that's really a problem. So I like to think of the word constructive uh, as the packaging that helps make the gift of feedback more impactful for both the giver and receiver. So when that that's why we're you know we we're going to be talking about constructive feedback and how to deliver constructive feedback in uh, in this series.
0: One of my favorite phrases from a colleague of mine, and she had borrowed it from someone else, not claiming she she made it up, was calling people in instead of calling people out. And so the idea of constructive feedback rather than just simply feedback, um, having a purpose behind it makes a lot of sense. And, and calling people into the conversation rather than calling them out in a meeting or calling them out for work being done, uh, I think goes a long way. Before the show, we were discussing... There are a lot, several underlying factors that can confound these challenging conversations. What's what's the most important confounding factor to consider, in your opinion, before engaging in a challenging conversation?
1: Yeah. So if, if I'm coming to you with uh, something that needs to be said uh, about some issue uh, in either our work environment or some, some uh, customer challenge... Um, I have to remember that you have already formed your own narrative and your own set of beliefs about what the challenge is. Uh, and you know, m- many times we think only about ourselves right. and how we're processing uh, the information, how we're looking at the at the situation, and uh, take the tack of, I'm going to tell you yep. uh, what uh, what's what this is all about, and that immediately puts both parties on the back foot, yep. and uh, and makes trying to have any kind of good uh, communication uh, occur. Uh, it it just it puts up this wall, so that. That understanding that that narrative already exists uh, is a huge step along the way uh, to to having a good conversation.
0: It's the cliche of uh, you know admitting you have to admit you have a problem first. Here you're acknowledging what biases might be ahead of right. you. Uh, acknowledge the challenges right to this challenging conversation, uh, and get yourself prepared uh, to have. Uh, positive is the wrong word, uh, an outcome-based conversation that you're going to get somewhere uh, in what you're doing. In your forthcoming book, from what you've explained to me, uh, The Balance Business, you're devoting an entire chapter to the topic of change management. How does that concept, change management, apply to challenging conversations?
1: So this is the formalization, if that's even a word, of, of what we were just talking about, that everyone has a unique set of change management curves that they apply to different situations. Uh, So, uh, you know, if, if, if we think about a change that has occurred, there is a set of models that dates back to the late 1960s uh, where we, there's this, there's a period of excitement potentially just after a change, Uh, occurs and then uh, and then there's this downward uh, this downward uh, cycle that 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 happens where all of a sudden wow this is a really cool change but then what does this have to do with me how am I going to uh, how am I going to navigate through this Uh, and uh, that you reach then the valley of despair (laughs) where uh, where where the you know the 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 negative. You're grappling with the real negative parts of the change and how you're going to uh, navigate through it. And then the learning and growth uh, starts to happen, or hopefully uh, starts to happen. You engage in learning and growth, and in some period in some point in the future, you then reach a new steady state where uh, where you've accepted the change, you've woven the change into your. Uh, way of being and the and the thing that complicates all this is that we don't just have one change management curve that we apply to all situations uh, change management is situation dependent uh, so, you know to uh, to uh, we, we we talk a lot about empathy and compassion on this show and one of the things that i think uh, demonstrates empathy and compassion most readily is when the sender of information the sender of uh, it's usually bad news but you know yeah. some kind of change recognizes that the per- person that's on the receiving end is not on the same part of the change management curve that you are. And they've got a completely different set of change management curves that are shaped differently than, uh, than your, than yours are. So I'm, what I'm really recommending here is that if you're serious about, uh, trying to have better conversations, uh, with your people, your colleagues, uh, Uh, in the world of work, learn more about change management and how you deal with change. Because if you understand yourself and how you navigate change, then uh, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and imagining how they are uh, navigating through uh, that same change uh, can, uh, can really help break down these barriers to communication.
0: Even the acknowledgement, if you were to just say you have the same change management curve, the acknowledgement that they are further behind you on that curve is just that first step, right? And then building uh, makes a lot of sense. And hopefully, even if someone listening doesn't have the mind for this, maybe they're an engineering person who's a manager, there, there are curves out there for engineering. There are curves out there for video production. So the analogies, the comparing and understanding, I think is a great way to start and a great way to understand where this can go from a change management perspective, which exists across all sorts of industries and and life, to be uh, obvious uh, with my statement. A good time to take a breath uh, and uh, have a word uh, from a uh, sponsor here, a commercial. And uh, we'll be back with more of The Balancing Act.
1: Thanks for listening to The Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andrew Tempe. In my book, Balancing Act, teach... Coach, mentor, inspire. I explore the characteristics required of leaders who must find balance between strength and vulnerability, confidence and selflessness, passion and measure, and leadership and followership. Balancing Act is available today at Amazon.com.
0: And we're back here on a conversation, Andy challenging conversations. Uh, We've walked through sort of defining. Uh, what a constructive criticism is, uh, how we can talk about confounding factors of challenging conversations, talked about change management. You've been the CEO of a mid-sized organization with several thousand people on extended teams throughout the org. Can you talk about the impact that power of position has on success or failure of challenging conversations?
1: Yeah, th- this one is super important. Uh, if you are a leader or a manager, uh, you you must grapple, you must wrestle with the power of your position. It whether you like it or not, position matters in challenging conversations.
0: Uh, it, you know,
1: I'm a, I'm a I'm a small. I'm a small man. I'm five foot seven.
0: In stature only. In stature only. 150
1: pounds soaking wet. Uh, So, you know, but I always heard that people were scared of me. And, you know, that had uh, a bit to do with my demeanor. Uh, When, when you meet me, I have this, uh, typically have this look on my face. That's kind of hard to divine what it is that I'm really thinking. I'd, I don't I don't always wear my heart on my sleeve. It's not obvious uh, what's going on in my head. So folks would really wrestle with that. Oh, oh my gosh, what is he thinking? Is he is he mad? Is he angry? And they would immediately go there that that there was going to be some type of confrontation uh, that was going that was going to happen. And that that then that that look on my face is, was typically, completely misconstrued right. because I'm I'm just I'm an analytical guy I'm always looking and watching and kind of sitting back and watching what what is going on uh, around me so that my processing was construed as yep. you know kind some kind of stern thing was going to going to you know come back and bite whoever whoever was giving me information so and this happens all the time, not not in exactly the same packaging that I just uh, described sure. between my relationship with uh, with the teams that I led and the individuals uh, that I worked with. But the the bottom line here is that as a leader and a manager, you must recognize that it can take real courage for an individual contributor to come to you, with, uh, with, with, with even good information, let alone challenging information. Uh, so, so we've really got to take, uh, position, uh, into account. I, look, I would love to have an egalitarian, uh, workplace where everybody's on the same level. Right. Uh, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be cool? Uh, but that, that's not the, that's not the world, uh, that, that, that we live in, nor, nor should we, uh, there, there are reasons, uh, for, uh, organizational leveling. Yep. Uh, we want our organizations to be as flat as possible, but there are still positions that we have to navigate through.
0: Absolutely. And I, I do, before, uh, we exit this conversation, uh, are there tools that you've used to help challenging conversations go more smoothly?
1: Yeah, it, In a business uh, construct, facts, data, analysis, uh, it is not enough to just come armed with a whole bunch of data and, you know, throw up all over everybody with a whole bunch of facts and data. Uh, They're, you know, analysis that... There, there's been some critical thinking that has been applied that uh, my response to this issue is not just all emotion and uh, and emotion is important. How we feel is important, but uh, the analysis uh, of the facts and data can go a long way to kind of Cool down uh, right. the the emotion. Uh, the second thing is uh, just frequency and immediacy. If you let something stew for a very long period of time, uh, then both parties are going to be all worked up, and you're going and you're not going to get very far. Uh, the The third thing is show vulnerability be human we're not uh, we're not robots uh here e- neither party in the conversation is is a robot so showing a modicum of vulnerability again you don't want your heart on your sleeve and uh, and uh, and show and you know have Im- emotion turn into waste which is something that I also talk about in my second book. Uh, so there's a balancing act to be played yep. there. Uh, And then, and then finally go on a continuous improvement journey uh, as, as an organization or just uh, as an individual, when you are on a continuous improvement journey, then measurement and transparency are by definition, a priority Uh, respect for people. The elimination, the identification and minimization of waste and a maniacal focus on the customer uh, all comes with a continuous improvement journey. And those things, that those viewpoints are, are a fantastic way of, again, cooling down the conversation and having that focus on the customer.
0: Today's conversation has not been challenging for me. I appreciate that, uh, Andy. But uh, I do want to bring it back to where we started. Um, with the balancing act between trust and accountability. Any final thoughts on the role challenging conversations play in that ongoing balancing act?
1: Yeah. So not to talk too much about the next book balanced business here, but I think it's important. This concept of organizational flow can also uh, reduce the number of challenging conversations that need to be had if you make it about the work and about creating optimal flow, which then helps maximize value that is contributed by all parties along the value stream of whatever product or service that you're delivering to the customer, uh, then you've got a uh, you've got something mutual to. Talk about you've got something in common that yep. you've uh, you know immediately uh, again taken the temperature of the conversation down because the results of our challenging conversation uh, should be pointed at how are we go- how are we going to create more value for our customers which will ultimately help both of us yep. uh, because we're uh, because we work. Ostensibly for the same business and have those uh, same goals. So, Dan, I've been doing a lot of the talking uh, today, as I usually do in these uh, conversations. But what did we miss today? What What's your uh, nuggets of wisdom around uh, challenging conversations?
0: I, I know this is a podcast, and and your books are, are focused on management or managers and people who are are working. Uh, with employees and working with teams, but I think it's important that the the conversation be—it's already extended, but understood by those who are the workers, right? The taking my perspective of it, I despise tough conversations at work. Mm-hmm. I like I I try to avoid them. Yeah. Um, and so, being better about that and being open to the tough conversations being available for the tough conversations. And to your point, I think every this is just a, a life lesson, I think, um, is just don't assume the intent of the person talking to you. Don't come in with the preloaded, this is how this is going and this is why it's going this way. And I already know, you know, Sharon doesn't like me. She never has. And uh, you know, she's not gonna like any of the work I do. So what's the point? Right. Um, that you know, that's that you know, Gartner hype cycle is the trough of disillusionment. You talked about it before. Like you get down there, you don't come back. Like you're you're already you're you're going to be an employee who's sullen, sitting in the corner, and you're not going to get opportunities. You're not going to get work, and eventually you'll be out the door by your choice or by the company's choice. Um, and for managers, it's the same. You've already pointed out, but I do think it's I've come a long way in my life of of understanding. I have no idea what's happening in someone else's life. I I can make assumptions. I can try my best to listen. But we're sharing 10% of our personal lives, maybe 15 at work, some people more than others for good or for worse. So going into these conversations, just assume that everything's not 100% great at home for them. Everything's not going perfectly that day. Maybe they stepped in something on the way into the office. Maybe it rained and they didn't have an umbrella. And Just those small things that can put people into bad moods. Um, I think is so important. And then if things escalate from there, that's you react, right you react and change and and you do but starting that way, as you were saying, starting with that little bit of empathy, not full-on emotion, not full-on um having a box of tissues on the table ready to go um but being open to it and being able to to have that idea I just think is so important in in any challenging conversation, personal or professional
1: yeah, everybody's carrying around their own baggage right. and their own, S H I T. Exactly right. um, At at every moment of every day. Um, So, yeah, great, great point, Dan. Thank you for that.
0: As always, uh, you can find this podcast across all your favorite podcast apps. Uh, If there's one out there that is new or is uh, not being utilized, please uh, let us know. Uh, You can always find Andy. Uh, over on LinkedIn as well uh, with uh, postings from his website and the Saturday Morning News. But don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, share the podcast. YouTube episodes come out. uh, Looking back on uh, the content as well, comment there, share, subscribe. Uh, You find, of course, The Balancing Act uh, on bookshelves and stores and and on your uh, different websites that you may peruse reading materials. And uh, do we have a a target date? I don't know if I've asked this question. For the the forthcoming book, is there a release date that I may not know that we can share with the listeners?
1: Yeah, release date is still being pinned down, uh, but it will be uh, late April, early May of 2023. So just just a number of weeks after this uh, episode reaches
0: the airwaves. There you have it. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. And as always, thank you so much for listening to The Balancing Act.